We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 40, year two. Today, we're going to talk about the coronavirus apocalypse, my on internet poker uh, fiasco this week, as well as an interview with the one and only Chris Moneymaker. So stay tuned. We're live. The Mouthpiece is next. up what up everybody how's it going it's wednesday april fools um i guess uh we've been in the matrix for about a month and um since april fools today they just told us that uh that it's all over with and we have we can go out now but i don't think that's a good april fools joke so um anyways um Eh, it's kind of weird. Nothing much to talk about. I mean, uh, I'm going to stay away from politics this week uh, because I realize that it's just way too divisive right now. And I want to just, you know, for the good of the country, say a lot of good things. And uh, we're all going to get through this together. Um, I'm playing a lot of internet poker between WSOP.com um, some underground black market sites some uh we play a little bit of this uh poker rrr2 where they don't take any rake and then we've been uh zooming all our people into it so we've been playing like 510 uh on this poker app and then uh also uh we were all joined zoom so like nine of us in a zoom box and so um that's kind of what we've been doing and uh you know that's pretty much it so uh i've been uh let's see i'm right now playing a 10 20 no limit on online and i'm playing a big o uh i'm winning uh let's see i'm down about three thousand in the big o i was down eight and i'm winning about eight thousand in the 10 20 no limit i've been ahead the whole time so um you know, uh, mouthpiece and playing playing poker at the same time. This is uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, multitask because the games uh, that I'm in are pretty good. Matter of fact, after the mouthpiece, I might even stream them for you, just to give you an idea of kind of what I'm doing. So, um, uh, you know, that's about it. I've been trying to stay away from, like I said, the the news, the politics. I know that. You know, they're saying it's going to get really bad. That the next two weeks will be the darkest days in the history of America. Um, but it's it's not just America. It's all over the world. You know, it's like everyone over the entire, in the whole world is going to experience what we're about ready to experience. Uh, hopefully that um, we're equipped for it. I think we are. Uh, I, watch, uh, I watch the spin, the political spin on both sides and how they try and like, degrade each other which you guys got to understand it's just politics and so um you know it kind of sucks i was hoping with a disaster of this magnitude that everybody would kind of uh take the partisan out of it but that's where i was wrong and that's why i kept getting so upset because i'm like why are they lying why are they lying and of course they've been lying for three and a half years so why would they not be lying now so um there's gonna be five months to uh go over what's basically has happened in this country. Uh, 
and there'll be plenty of time where they'll be able to debate about who did what wrong and who did what right. But right now, it's not that time. And I think it's very important to to uh, listen to the professionals and uh, watch the briefings and uh, see what they have to say. And then just stay inside and uh, get people inside and hopefully do the best. So, uh, you know, with that said, we are going to open up our phone lines um, before we uh, get to an interview with Chris Moneymaker. His uh, internet is down today, so we won't be able to have him on video. We're going to have him just on the voice call. So uh, I think, uh, Mr. Computer, uh, it's time for phone call segments. The Mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702-329-0480. And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be live. All right. We're waiting on our phone call segments. People are going to call in. You know the big pot when uh, well, music just ended there. So, um, uh, call on in uh, 702-329-0480. 702-329-0480. And we can talk about uh, whatever you guys want to talk about. And then uh, afterwards, we're going to give Chris Moneymaker a call and uh, see uh, how he's holding up. So, uh, let's light up those phone lines, everybody. Well, welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike. What's going on? Yo, what's up, buddy? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, playing a little online poker. Uh, yeah, are you making any money today? I am. I am. I got stuck 8,000, and I think now I am up, let's see, 25. I'm up about 3,600. That's what's up, bro. So, uh, Good fucking life, man. Wow, this is an interesting hand. The board's Jack 5'8 on, uh, in uh, Big O. I got a, oh, fuck, I got a complete wrap. I thought, I thought I had a top pair. I would have raised this with a complete wrap. That was stupid of me. Do it, dude. Yeah. yeah. Get their yeah, asses. I, I got a second out low draw and a complete wrap, a uh, 7, 9, 10 on the ace, 7, 9, 10. The board's jack, 8, 5. So, uh, any 6 through queen. Came a deuce on the turn. Gives me fucking nut low. Let's see what happens here. You got a lot out, man. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. They check it to me. I'm potting. This guy potting. Right, yeah, you got to do it. Guy Let's play. What happened? I'm I not watching. I'm do you have a question, butthole? Yeah, do you have a question, butthole? Do, do, do I have a question? Not really, man. I just wanted to talk to you. I saw your number, and I was like, let me give this fucker a call, man, because he's a cool guy, yeah. you know? No, I appreciate so it, I beat, man. I beat, I, beat, I beat some cake right now. Got me some, some milk, chocolate yeah. cake. How's he, uh, how you doing with the quarantine? Locked in, man. Going Locked crazy. in, being safe, good. Yeah. So yep. bored out of your mind, huh? No fucking sports. Out of my nothing. mind. Out of my mind, just playing some cards, man. Losing my ass. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, the uh, the black market internet poker world is fucking lit. Yeah, man. They're they're I mean, they're, lit. they're they're creaming their pants today, man. I mean, it's they're fucking lit. Shit. 
I mean, it is. It can't mm. get no lit than it is. You know. Yeah, it's. So the games have been good, but uh, I, I haven't played. I've only played internet poker like a couple of years ago. I played for about six months, but that's about all I've played since 2011. In like nine years. Really. Yeah. yeah, I, mean, well, I watched. Uh, I watched you during the series, watching you playing online. You were doing pretty good online. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know? I had a I, that was fun to do. I'm going to do that this year. Yeah, I, 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 oh, yeah, I um, I, what's it called? The uh, hold on, this is an interesting flop I got here. I got a set. I'm fucking second that low on a one, two, three board. Mike. Mikey, it's podcast time. I know it's podcast time. Oh, I'm giving him podcast a, time, Mikey. Does that mean I got to go? means you gotta go all right man. All right, i appreciate buddy. the call man uh, hey Talk to- hey i love you man i fucking I love, you, love too, you bro have a good one bye-bye you got it man take care you too yeah welcome to the mouthpiece is mike hey mike how you doing man good man how are you i'm pretty good i know you wanted to keep politics out of the conversation tonight and not about yeah, it's like, okay well, i mean i'm gonna try and keep it down you know i i, I realize i got wrapped up in it you know like like, uh, I, I know how evil the media is for three and a half years. And I just thought because of the fact that the crisis going on, they would lay off and like, and like not try and divide us, but they're trying to divide us worse. And I just kind of went a little bit crazy, but now I, now I understand that it's just the same politics we've been dealing with for three and a half years. So I'm just not going to try, I'm trying not to engage, but go ahead. Yeah. Shoot, shoot a question on me. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, so this is a little, uh, Separate, uh, separate side of that. Do you mm-hmm. think uh, with that changing, do you think we'll see more online gambling since the casinos are shut down? Do you think that possibly like they'll open it up to more states? Because I know I'm in a state that doesn't allow it. Yeah, you know, you just gotta, you know, uh, you gotta. Uh, there's a there's a, there's a lot of of online sites that are going uh, that are kind of. Um, you know, black market type of online sites. Um, a lot of people are playing on them. Uh, but uh, as far as being, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say it will be, I mean, the, the word part is Sheldon Adelson's really against uh, internet gambling. He's the biggest Republican donor. Trump's for online gambling. So um, it, it's catch 22 there. Uh, I do believe it's something they want to do. You know, uh, they know what kind of revenue, especially after this is over, you know, they're going to need more revenue stream. So, um, and this is going to be, uh, I don't know when, when, when Trump says for the next two weeks is going to be the, the darkest point in this country. It's, uh, it makes you wonder, you know what I mean? Right. You know, if he's saying that it's going to be bad, you would, you would expect. God, do you imagine how bad it's going to be when he says it's going to be bad? Wow. Right. I, flop, I flopped them nuts. King nine. So, well, I guess uh, the only thing we can do is keep our heads up and keep going from here. Yep. All we can do, man. Uh, how about That's this? Uh, any uh, like uh, elementary poker listeners listening to you on the podcast? Any like if you were if they were, if, let's say the World Series has happened this year, which it might happen later on. Yeah. You have any uh, any like first time entry? Like if there was like one golden rule or anything like that. Oh, wow. I just want a 15K pot. Wow. A jack on the river. We both had the nuts. We both had the nuts. I have to talk about this hand. Nice, man. Nice. Hold on a second. Now I got like another big hand. Um, we both had the nuts. I, I had a ace, deuce, jack, queen, 
uh, five in big O. And I potted the flop of nine, 10 king. He called. I potted, uh, put them all in on the, uh, wow, this guy just re-raised me. I'm sitting there with three aces, a seven, three double suit. I'll just call. Um, so, Taking them down. Yeah. Mikey, it's podcast time. I know, but I'm, I'm telling my, my guy here. Hold on a second. Who I scooped it with aces. Boom, another 3,600. You're my good luck charm. <laughs> boom, boom. I won hey, like, there you go. <laughs> I've won like 10,000 since I've been on the phone with you, man. You're my good luck charm. So, um, all right, I'm going to sit out here now because I want to focus on you. So what's, uh, let's go. So what, 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 what do you want to talk about? The, the only other thing I would say, like, I remember one time, but now I've played for years and everything. I'm not saying I'm good or a professional or anything like that, but, yeah. um, I remember like that we were riding on the uh, way to the casino one night. He was, it was like one of my first trips to the casino. He was like basically X, Y, and Z, like play by these rules. I didn't know if there was like just kind of three basic golden rules that you would say to somebody if they were going to play in a World Series of Poker event for the first time. Right. Okay. So um, if you're going to play in the World Series of Poker event for the first time, my advice is um, I think it's important to, sh if it's a smaller buy-in, like a 1500 or something, to show up on, uh, on time. Uh, and I think it's very important to play tight. Everybody thinks you have to play lots and lots of hands. Um, me and Phil, we, uh, we, we just basically believe, you know, play tight, you know, and, I, and just be solid. And then, uh, you know, if you're at the same table for a long time and you're getting some chips, accumulating some chips, you know, then use your image to, to three bet a little bit more and, and, uh, play a few more pots. And, uh, that's, that's just how I play. Um, I just believe about, it's a lot easier to, if you play a lot of pots and you're a maniac, right. You have to hit hands to get paid. It's a lot easier to play tight get yourself a good image and when the blinds go up to open up and everybody thinks you're tight so you can steal the pots. Does that make sense? No. So no, that, that's, that's how I play. You know, and I've been really successful. You know, I don't believe no, that a, makes lot sense, of, a lot of things that people say. I just, you know, I, 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 me and Phil, you know, a lot of people say things about us, but all we do is keep getting there and I don't even play. I play like, I played four no limit hold'em tournaments in two years. I got a 15th, a 30th, a 199 in the main event and a, 27th in the LAPC, 15th of Bay 101 three weeks ago. So, and I, and I made a mistake. It gave the tournament away. So, uh, people think that the game's changed so much. The game ain't changed shit. All these fucking solvers and all that bullshit. Those are for people who have no talent. That's all I have to say. Uh, no, I, I, uh, loud and clear. I hear you out and that makes sense. I, I appreciate the, little tip you got it, man. i keep doing what you're doing man stay strong during this stay strong stay safe during this quarantine all right my man thanks for calling you too all right later well, welcome to the mouthpiece is mike hello oh, hey, mike how are you doing good who's this oh this is derek from, hey derek uh, how's it going man what's been going on good good man yeah i uh, i have a uh, question um this is probably gonna sound like a weird question but you know since you're good friends with phil Elmu, mm -hmm. um you know i think there's a lot of interest in him and people you know are uh are interested in him and, and just you know his whole way of life and everything and i'm mm -hmm. just wondering can you talk about like some of what his favorite things are like maybe his favorite well, drink his favorite or, thing you know, to do is talk much, about himself 
that's his favorite thing to do. Um, his, sec his second favorite thing to do is tell everybody else how great he is. Um, his third favorite thing to do is um, get get crushed by me playing online poker. That's right. What about what does he like to drink and you know and and what does he like to eat and that kind of thing? He he um he likes to to uh to actually uh he doesn't drink much at all. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, he I doesn't. He, he don't uh, drink much. He might. He might. He might go out and have a some champagne. He likes to drink Dom Perignon. He likes to eat good. You know. Um, he he's a good person, man. He's a uh, he's a little bit crazy. He's a little bit. Silence your phone, Mikey. But uh, yes, I'm going to do that. My phone keeps fucking ringing. I don't know why. I don't know where it's, they all haven't got a text all day. They decide they're going to text me right when I'm on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, he's a good guy, you know, and uh, he, um, you know, he, a lot of people, you, you know, we're really. The, oh, I mean, uh, when, when everything opens back up, do you think you'll be doing some more meetup games with him? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to, I've, I've actually got a, uh, I'm working on a contract. I'm going to be doing a lot of meetup games. Plus, I'm going to be doing some with him. Uh, he just bought some casino, got a piece his pieces of some casinos in Houston. So um, uh, we're going to be doing some of those. But um, I don't, this is going to be, um, this is going to be really rough. I don't see things getting back to normal till, till about August here. And uh, we don't know what the damage is going to be afterwards. I mean, I never in a million years in the year 2020 with the world connected could have thought this could happen. But when you have one country that hit it from the entire world, that's how it happens. Yeah. The sooner this nightmare is over, the better. Yeah, and it's a nightmare. I mean, for me, uh, it, my life doesn't change at all. But for, you know, for 90% of this country, it, it's a nightmare, you know? I mean, people that work week to week, all the people in the service injury, how, you know, how are they going to get food on the table? You know, as far as paying bills, you know, they're going to slide on that. But as far as, like, paying bills and shit, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare, you know? I was a little upset. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody is having anxiety and, yeah, well, it, you know, I had anxiety uh, really bad. I'm doing better now with the anxiety, but uh, I do have days where I do get a lot of anxiety, and and it, and it's the people that have to worry about that work week to week and put have to get food on the table for their kids. You know, I'm a, I'm real upset that the stimulus uh, is taking three weeks to get to people. This should have been. That's why I'm mad. That this should have been. They could have worried about the bailouts for all these co corporations after. The first thing they needed to do was get the money out to these people that so they don't starve to death. And and to say three weeks, I mean, people will be dead in three weeks. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm very upset about that. So, you know, yeah, it is good. outrageous. So, you know, they could do it in, you know, one or two days. Fuck it. They have all they have to do. They, they got everybody's social security number. It's all whoever paid the taxes. They know exactly, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. There's no excuse you know. for that. No, absolutely none. We have some more calls, butthole. Okay. All right. Shut up, computer. We got to go. We got more calls. I'll talk to you later. Book. All right. Bye. What's up? Welcome to the mouthpiece. Hi, this is Matt from Pennsylvania. What's up, Matt from Pennsylvania? Hey, Mike. You know, one of the things I used to love watching, and, and you were the last champion of it, was the NBC Heads Up Poker Championships. I wish they'd bring that back. Your thoughts well, on that? Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back here. Well, it's supposed to come back in August. I don't know when it's going to come back, but high sticks poker is coming back. 
NBC head ups coming back. The only thing is, is they're really they're think yeah they're thinking about they're thinking about making it um uh 50k buy-in instead of 25, which I think is totally ridiculous. You know, they're just they're just well in my in my opinion as the as the current reigning champion, the reigning champion shouldn't have to pay for it. They should get an automatic buy-in because they want they're the last champion. That's you. Yeah, no, I mean I'm all for that. You know. But uh, I'm, I'm I, pretty uh, sure I'm pretty sure they do that with the World Series main event champion. They get the automatic buy-in the next year. So why not the heads up championship? Yeah. So um, I. Uh, yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, that would be nice, of course. But I, I, I really think that I, they should put um, uh keep it at twenty five thousand. I just uh, I think that it's um, uh, stupid to go to fifty thousand. We'll, I'll we'll tell you what, happens. the year you won it, you couldn't have scripted it better. You against Telemuth, I mean, that is, that's must-watch TV. Heads up for the championship. That was phenomenal. My two favorite poker players going at it. I, I, it was great TV. Yeah, that really was. <laughs> I loved I loved you razzing them. <laughs> I loved all you got under your skin. That was so funny. Yeah, those were, I mean, that was before we were really good friends. We were still good acquaintances. Uh so uh well you know how so, it works on the poker table when you're on the poker table it's every man for himself yeah and uh you know um we're, we're good friends now i probably wouldn't talk as much i still talk shit to him because it's just phil you know but it's not like uh, well he know he, you're good friends he probably knows you're razzing him but he I, it's funny because you know how the little things will set him off i took it i took it a little bit too far during nbc head up but that's okay yeah, you and uh, the grinder, your cheerleading you on. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was right before my injury, man. That was before, that was when I had a norm. That was when I, I, uh, that's when I thought my life was the worst after full tilt, uh, not knowing that the next what I was what five, the next five years was about to bring me. So um, I still don't to, to for the life of me, I still don't understand how those players who were involved in that didn't pay the price, go to prison, something. I mean, what they did was just absolutely ridiculous, screwing everybody over, making all the pros look ridiculous, doing what they did. I just, I just don't understand it. It blows my mind. No, it's, no it's, instead, instead they wanted to, um, they wanted to uh, tell everybody, uh, start put blame around. You know what I'm saying? They're putting all the blame around. You know? I mean, you know, you know, as well as I do, if it wasn't for, those certain people, I don't even like to say their names, those two players in particular, right. screwing around, around, with, around, along with that Batar guy, you could pull till it would still be open today, probably. Yeah, I mean, they, they lied to me. They said they put $500 million away because uh, they owed me a lot of money in case we lose the U.S. market. And um, that was all a lie because they, they didn't have any money. So they kind of screwed and I used to, Instead, they were throwing they my screwed, name under the They screwed a lot of people over. A lot of people didn't get their money from that website. Oh my god! Well, I mean, they uh, they, they just bluffed, uh, uh, or they just uh, like with um, you know when I thought Poker Stars was getting was getting um, uh, when they bought it from them, I, I thought that they were going to settle all the accounts. I had three hundred thousand online at Full Tilt, and uh, unfortunately for me, they um, they never paid me. They just, that, uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that for that for some people, that kind of money is like life changing money. 
and it's just yeah. gone just like that. Like that's that. Some people will probably have a heart attack. They lose that kind of money, you know. Yeah, and 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 the truth of the matter is, is is I um, you know, I I just I, I borrowed money from somebody expecting to get paid from poker stars, and and I never I never got paid. And uh, I'll tell you what, got, that uh, what do you call it? That um, that a uh, poker after dark. That was a good show. I really enjoyed watching that show. I even when I was back in high school years and years ago. Back in the early 2000s, I would stay up just to watch the show because they had it on so late. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, well, Poker After Dark and High Stakes Poker is coming back right after the summer, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I, you, you were pretty good on High Stakes Poker. You're a pretty good cash player. I noticed. Uh, I, I'm a second, those, I was the second biggest played. winner on High Stakes Poker. You know, people used to always say, why do I play so tight, right? But I didn't have to play. I mean, You were setting them thing, up. I know how you play. Yeah, and plus they were they, they never um, – they, 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 they would always pay me, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's like if uh, it'd be one thing if I fold for two hours and I enter a pot and they all folded. No, they'd get five people call me every time. What do they think? Like I'm just going to get, st- I'm going to stack off with aces on an eight, nine, 10 board, you know? Exactly. Stupid. You know, so I ended up being the second happen? biggest, second biggest winner on high no, six poker. I was second biggest winner whatever, on high six poker. Whatever happened to, uh, like some of these guys I don't even see anymore, like Ted Forrest. Like, I don't know. Some of these guys went to the witness protection program. You don't see him playing anymore. Well, Ted showed his face uh, this year for the first time in a couple of years uh, at LAPC. Um, he's got an, uh, a two-year-old, two three-year-old kid, and so he's living on the East Coast. He's doing much better. So, um, How about Cheeky? Cheeky's running a pot business out in California. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. So uh that's, you know, that's, that's phenomenal. Going. Yeah. All right, we gotta go. We got another call. I appreciate you All calling right, in, man. Like. Thanks for calling the mouthpiece. Appreciate it. Later. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike. Who's this? Hey, what's happening? It's Frank from Georgia. What you doing, bro? What's up, Frank? How's it going down there in Georgia? Quarantine like the rest of us? Miserable. Yeah, man. Miserable. Yeah. It ain't, house, you don't even know what miserable, miserable you're gonna the country will know what miserable is the two next two weeks that's gonna be miserable yeah tell me about it dude i mean when, please, when the I death, when the death count goes from politics and shit yeah when death count goes from 3,800 to about 50,000 in the next two weeks you know that's yeah i just, know right i'm scared i mean we live in a bigger city dude it's like uh shit goes bad i went i bought a thousand rounds of ammo and a couple ars so i don't blame you man i wanted <laughs> to get me a fucking gun you know, because I know. See, that's what people don't understand. Like Trump said, fifteen Private days to, me, to. I got plenty. Yeah, Trump said fifteen days to stop the spread. He knew it was going to be another thirty, but he can't sit there and tell nah, people two months. Two people months, are so so dumb. He there's no way he could go and tell people it's going to be two three months. There'll be fucking looting all the fucking sh- everything in the streets. There'll be fucking anarchy. So he had to go two weeks. Yeah, hundred percent, right? man. That'll that'll uh, event it like a right. civil war, probably. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. Social and now rising. thirty days, and and uh, and and he's like telling everybody this many people are going to die, which is probably not going to be anywhere near that. But he's got people scared to stay in their house without causing a panic. You understand what I'm saying? He's actually yeah, doing you, a perfect job at on on that part. Now, there's a lot of things he's done I don't like, but but as far as when that goes. I, when I hear people say, oh, he has to be honest with the American people. No, he doesn't. He can't sit there and tell the American people like the ass fucking Virginia. You can't please everybody, man, no matter what. Yeah. I'm sure you heard that the ass story fuck, about the ass fucking Virginia. Oh, it's a lockdown until June 10th. I'm surprised they don't, they're not rioting there already. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah, do that. You got to ease people into it. Okay. Cause this way they're scared. They know they have to stay home. They keep saying one more week, one more week, instead of going out saying, fuck this. But after like two months, they're going to go out and say, fuck this. And then it could get ugly. So yeah, exactly. I, that hey, let me fact, ask I'm you a question, bro. You were talking about the playing on like uh, the Poker Two app or whatever. Yeah, I got a tournament tonight. Would you be interested if I let you free roll it and play in? Uh, I have actually have a big game I'm playing with a bunch of people tonight at six o'clock, which has already started. I told them I'd be late, uh, but um, leave me a direct message on my Twitter, and I don't know. Do I do I follow okay. you? No. No, I don't know. I'll, I'll request you and I'll send it. Yeah, I request it. I'll go look at your thing. And I'll just say, stuff, just say you called. Yeah, we'll say you called in on the show. Players. Okay, oh, 200 players? Yeah, I, I'll probably play that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just cool. a, uh, what do you call it? Cash App, Zell, Venmo, or whatever else that'll help with you. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Shit's Sounds super good. easy on there, man. I guess people don't know really how to play online, dude. Just like attack non wet boards and stuff and paired boards and stuff. People just back off so light. It's awesome. Yeah. It is, you know, um, I've been playing online like the last few days and, and I've always said online poker is not anywhere close to what regular poker is. And I still believe that, but I'm still able to play somewhat solid. You know, the thing is, is, uh, when I'm playing live, I, I, they can't, whenever they make a move on me, I see it. I see, I, I just pick up on things and I just don't do that online. And, um, well, yeah, so that's not, the thing online, to be honest with you. I mean, you're playing in the comfort of your home, and it's not like back in the day when we used to do it for a living or whatever. Now it's like a pastime, and honestly, like I'm not stacking off with top pair because you could find so many better spots. Of course. You always look for better spots. I mean, like when I, I just right now I'm on the, I'm on the podcast, right? Like uh, one of the uh, livest ones in the game raises, or uh, early position raise, one of the livest ones, three bets. And now uh, the guy in the small blind, four bet to eight ninety two. I had ace king of hearts yeah. in the big blind. I just folded. Came ace yeah, five absolutely. eight. Well, I, I, if he's cold I, four I bet in there. You know his range. Yeah. I mean, you're you're I, at best flipping. I mean, I would have won. I would have won the pot, unfortunately. But uh, I can't call it. I can't go raise three bet four bet and be called with ace king. I mean, what? What? I mean, there's not going to be no. There's nobody's four betting light in a nine handed ring game. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, under the gun raise. So. I should probably, is that a he, tournament he, or cash? Cash. Probably, he probably had two kings and then an ace came with check, check, and then he checked and the guy bombed it on the turn in the river. He said he Yeah, but even if sure he's he at the bottom of his range, I mean, was he going to have jacks, tens? You know what I'm saying? He's never, he's got queens or kings. There's not a doubt in my mind. He could have the same hand. Yeah, for sure. The way he played it, he had queens or kings because he called the turn and then folded the river for 3200 so like i i don't play much poker much anymore to be quite honest with you but i've been playing you know online since uh we've been quarantined and mm-hmm. i just dude i realize how bad people play like i don't study anymore but i still remember like you know our like charts for like you know how to play 20 big blinds 15 10 big blinds and stuff and i was getting uh, in spots last night uh playing to where like i got 10 big blinds and I know I'm supposed to jam in this spot, but I could still, I could min raise or make it 1.2, you know, 1.2, 1.3 X and fold to a jam because Let me tell you, I know I, I, t- I tell people all me. the time, the, the, the GTO players, they all, they're all like, uh, Oh, 10 big blinds. You got to jam ace eight of spades, like on the button or in the cutoff. But let me tell you something. When you have 10 big blinds. Isn't that how you, you busted uh, the LAPC or whatever? Yeah. yeah no, that's how I busted the main event this year by shipping. It was a big mistake. And uh, 
a, you know, I, I, uh, but like if, if you min raise it, I mean, you know how strong a min raise looks with, with 10 big blinds? I mean, what yeah, looks strong? Absolutely, a ship, because a lot of a ship or a min raise. They're min raising yeah. their premiums. You know what I'm saying? The top 5% of their range and then jamming everything else or whatever. It just, it, it's, a, it's, it's subjective. It just looks 10 times stronger. I agree. So, um, you know, I, there's so many things that I do that the GTL players don't do. Um, and, uh, I keep getting there. But the, you and... talk, like GTO, like to be honest, I know a lot of GTO players that aren't that great, man. But then you look at people like Connor Drennan, who's like fucking, he's talented and he's like the, he's probably the best satellite player in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you're, if you're talented and you, and you, and you know, all the GTO, uh, that, that turns you into a monster. So that's kind of the reason why I'm, I'm, I have a friend that's teaching me it now. It, it's, uh, I don't want to put it into my game because I think it's destructive for my game. Uh, but I just want to know what everybody else is doing. And, uh, yeah. I mean, if yeah, broke, I, mean, like I, fix it, I, I busted the WSOP last week and I, and I knew I had like Jack second kicker on a queen King, King Jack board. They went check, check. I told my friend, I was on the phone with him. He's like, you can't fold, man. And, uh, the math says you got to call. I said, I can fucking fold. Don't tell me what the math fucking says. Fucking, uh, I go, the guy's never raising and fucking checking back a fucking dry board. I King, uh, King, King Jack. Oh, I remember that hand you talked about, right? Yeah. Ah, and he had King Jack and I, and I, and I lost most of my chips in the hand with it. And, and it's just, uh, I always like, said this about Phil Helmuth. I think me and you talked about it on like one of the earlier podcasts, like, um, we would talk, people would talk shit about him. I even talk shit about him, to be honest, which I'm not going to lie about him, like playing like his short stack play. When mm-hmm. like he will, uh, I seen him raise fold, you know, seven big blinds, eight big blinds or whatever to where mm-hmm. people say, oh my God, that's so horrible. That's a big leak in his game. But it, results not, don't not, lie. Not if you read, you know? not if you read as good as he does. It's not a leak in his game. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I think he plays great against like bad players. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his results yeah. doesn't lie. You know? No, no, I agree. I he plays, he plays great against bad players. I don't think he could do shit uh, not, like that. Not, and you know, high rollers, obviously that's why he doesn't yeah, play. Yeah, of course. Him. But of course, but you know, he's probably. I've, the most popular player in a fifteen hundred dollar event. Yeah, I mean, I finally talked him into working with my friend about improving that, those situations. So he's fine. See, the thing is, like I told him, you want to be considered the greatest player in the world. You need to work on your game. You need to do this, this, and this to understand what's going on. And I, you know, it took me a lot of talking to him to do this. So, um, you know, hopefully from there he will. But, um, Money maker time. Okay, we got to call Chris Moneymaker. I appreciate the call. Have a good one. All right, take care, bro. I'll message you on Twitter. You got it. Peace. Yep. All right, all right. The mouthpiece. What's up, Mike? What up? What up? Chris Moneymaker. Welcome to the mouthpiece. How's it going, my man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Playing a little online poker. Uh, having fun, getting ready to talk to you. Your internet's been out all day. God, that's brutal. How long's your internet been out? Uh, just today. Uh, it hasn't been too bad. We just—it's been a nice day outside. So, spent most of the day outside. We actually drove around today for the first time in like 20 days. Went and got some meat and uh, stuff that we just need to stock up on. So, um. Kind of just saw that everything where we are is basically life as normal. Nothing shut down, and 
everybody's just going about their, doing their own thing. Where are you at? Tennessee? No, I'm just outside of Memphis. I'm down in Mississippi. Um, they just uh, did a stay-at-home order starting Friday at 5. Yeah. So hopefully that'll cause people to change and stay at home. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. You know, that's... Uh... You know, it's it's going to go around everywhere. I don't think it'll be as bad in a lot of places, um, but uh, it's like it's not just the United States; it's the world. So it's like, uh, you know, so it, it feels like it's just the United States, but it's it's the whole world. <laughs> I mean, it's a uh, it's, it's uh, scary times, you know. I never. Uh, it is. It is. It's definitely, you know. Unfortunately, we have a long, long time in front of us. Probably between this and what's going to do the economy and climate, and all, you know, we got all kinds of fun stuff in front of us. Unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, we we definitely got a lot in front of us. We'll survive. Yep, we will survive. So, um, what's, what's been going, going on with Chris Moneymaker, man? Podcast? What you've been playing? Uh, I mean, a lot I of was poker? doing a lot of stuff with. I was doing a lot of stuff with Poker Stars up until. Um, you know, the virus hit, I was playing, I actually was supposed to be in Sochi, um, when everything got shut down, I was supposed to be going to the EPT out there. And, um, since the shutdown, uh, started a home game on poker stars and doing some poker stars VR. Um, and then outside of that, just doing a lot of, you know, I've got three kids at home, so we're doing homeschool and riding bikes and trying to get outside and, you know, all the stuff that, my wife wanted me to do that I could never get around to. I'm um, you know, having time to get it done. So uh, it's been, you know, it hadn't been that bad, honestly. We, you know, we've got, usually we've got pretty good internet and we've got direct TV, Netflix, and all that good stuff. So we've been watching a lot of movies, watching a lot of TV, and, uh, you know, working on our sports. The kids are working on their sports and making sure that, you know, they're staying current with that. So, I mean, it's, the kids have taken it really well, which is really surprising. And my wife may have gone a little stir crazy. She flipped the bedroom around one day, but other than that, I mean, she's it's been pretty easy. Oh, so you're on the good good end. Unfortunately, of Unfortunately, we have a long way to go. I think. Yeah, I I, I really I think that. Um, well, I I mean, the NBA says they're not starting till June 8th in Las Vegas with no fans. So with that said, uh, you see Virginia saying a lockdown of June 10th, which I think is really, really dumb because it's, it's could start a panic. Um, you know, we all know, I mean, the president knows, everybody knows how long it's going to be, but they're just trying to like go two weeks at a time now a month because they can't just say it's going to yeah, be two, three months. Smooth this into it. Yeah. You can't, you can't have to gradually work us into it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And like, so I get pissed off at like the media when they're like, Oh, she should tell us the truth. How long it's going to be instead of beating around. I'm like, don't these people understand that you, you, get, you got fucking 300 and something million people locked in your house, right? If the criminals are scared to go out, which crimes down 40% and you, you put another month and you tell everybody, if everybody doesn't stay out inside a hundred to 200,000 people are going to die. Now they're really going to be scared to go out. But guess what? In a month from now, when that 30 days is up, you know, all of a sudden they're going to be like, fuck this. You know, we got to, we've got to get money to eat. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, I really felt that that four to six weeks, would be tough. Um, and it's going to, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We don't have to worry about 
what the rest of the world has to worry about. And, um, but my heart goes out to all these people that, that, that work week to week and, uh, you know, basically don't have anything to, um, to, you know, to, 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 to worry about, you know, to, they have to worry about the, you know, getting food on their table. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I mean, I just had a friend get laid off today. I just found out today he got laid off and, I've got a good buddy. He's been doing really well for a while. He's got like 23 rental properties, but, um, you know, he doesn't really know what's going to happen there. I mean, if they don't pay rent, I mean, it's not like he can't pay the more, you know, he's going to you know, have to work it out with the bank to not pay mortgages and, yeah. um, on 23 separate houses. I mean, it's just, well, supposedly you know. they're not going to evict anybody and they're not going to, they're, they're going to give people, I mean, from what I've read 90 days, uh, where they're not no evicting and, and none of that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm just hoping. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't think, you know, no one's worried about being evicted, but like, you know, he's saying, you know, I'm not really, I'm not going to evict anybody, but if no one pays for 90 days, um, you know, a lot of my renters, they can't pay back, you know, mm-hmm. be stuck 90 days behind where the bank, Correct. you know, will, will work with them. But I mean, they're not going to just wipe those three months off. He's going to have to go back and pay those three months and, I mean, if those runners can't pay it, then he, he's going to have to pay it. So it's just, uh, you know, it's quite a bit of money over a three-month period, potentially, or, no. or longer. No. It's just I a mean, weird uh, time all, all the way around. The, the, the thing is, is, um, is, is, you know, what we need to worry The economic, you know, and this is, and this is you know, kind of, I, I wouldn't want to be Trump for all the money in the world. You know, the economic. Uh, <laughs> no fallout is i mean see, he's got to balance the economy right and then he's got to get people paid all at the same time you know what i'm saying yeah well this is the rub i mean if we would have acted a little bit sooner we could have you know it's a balancing act but whatever we're we're in it now where this is what we're going to be doing and we just got to make the best of it and you know find different ways to keep ourselves busy and keep ourselves sane um like i said i got it pretty fortunate that you know i've got some property the kids can go out on we go swim in the pool and and do some things and you know it's not going to be too difficult for us but i can imagine you know people that have lost jobs and um cramped small apartments i mean i can only you know people that can't eat right now i mean it's just it's a scary time for people and uh, we're trying to help out where we can and and do what we can to um, get other people i mean i stocked up relatively early because i saw it coming uh, but we gave away all of our supplies. We had all these masks and everything, but we just brought them all up to the hospital and gave them away. And uh, we've been giving yeah. toilet paper out to people in the church that just need that, you know, didn't stock up. So, um, but at the same time, we, we're going to have to start being careful because, again, we don't know how long this could last. We yeah, haven't had I mean, toilet paper in, in our city in what two or three weeks. It's got to be weird, Vegas being shut down. Oh my God, it's empty as can be. I mean, absolutely empty as can be. I mean, there's not a. So are the lights on the, on the strip? Like, do you go nope. down the strip and are the lights on? Or are they like nope. minimal lights or like? They turn uh, for like ten minutes. The Paris, the, the the Eiffel Tower for the Paris for the for the hospital workers, but that's it. You know, uh, it's just. Uh, so you drive down the strip at night. It's almost pitch black except for like the street lights. Yeah, I mean, they have all the lights of the casinos are all off, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's just know. creepy. No, it, yeah. And I guess a lot of people don't really live down there either. Most people live out in Henderson, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of, like, people that actually live down there near the Strip, I wouldn't imagine, so. No, it's no, mostly no. a tourist destination. 
Yeah. But, you know, it's also, but, but like the, the workers, you know, so many people who work, you know, in, in, the, in the, uh, what's it called industry, you know, people that work. That, that yeah. No, work I, what, the, I know some casinos are taking care of their employees. I don't know how they are. You know, I haven't seen how they're all doing it, but I know yeah. some of them are, but yeah, again, kind of the struggles that we're, we're looking at now. Yeah. So what were you up to up until I feel like I'm interviewing you here. <laughs> what were you doing up until, uh, so the, the shit hit the so, fan, I guess. Okay. So, so the shit started to hit the fan. Right. And I was going to Bay one Oh one and they were like, my girl didn't want me to go. I'm like, there was seven, this is three and a half weeks. It'll be so, so it was three weeks ago, Monday, right. That I was there. Uh, it was, uh, on, mm-hmm. I got there on, on March 10th, right. They didn't want me to go. And I was like, there's 792 cases. There's one death in the United States. What do you, you guys are out of your fucking minds, you know? And, and I went to, I got there Monday, went to Helmuth's house Tuesday. It feels like I'm not playing. I'm like, really? You're not playing. I'm like, I'm like, are you that much of a pussy? I'm like, really? There's 26 cases in San Jose out of like 4 million people. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? Well, there's probably 10 times more. Okay. So let's say there's 10 times more. What are the chances of you getting it? So I go, I had a good feeling, you know, I go there and I'm not going to lie. I really believe the virus was real, but the, you know how the media, I, I really thought it was a fucking Democrat media hoax too. I really did. I thought, and I still believe that they are making it, you know, they're doomsday, they're the doomsday cults, I call them. Right. So, um, but then, you know, when they, I'm sitting there, the tournament started on Wednesday, they started, they started the, uh, the NBA shuts down Wednesday night. Right. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm still not convinced because the NBA is run by China, but the Nike runs the NBA. So I was like, okay, and, uh, I'm still not convinced it was for real. And then all the other sports leagues the next day ceased. Then they closed California. And when they closed California, I said, all right, this is way worse. You know what I mean? And then the one guy I follow, Scott Adams, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. It's a great follow. Um, he said, uh, I, I, he said, anybody that keeps saying that this is just the flu, please unfollow me. And I was one of those people that was saying it was just the flu, you know? So that's when I, 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 I tweeted at you way back in January saying it's not the flu. Wake up. I mean, I realized it was serious when China shut down. China's never shut down. It's well, never yeah. happened. They've never gone down on quarantine. I mean, and you know, that they was the one weird part about SARS. It. What's that? Tucker, Tucker said when it happened, how bad it was. He was saying like Fox, they were saying how bad it was. Now I remember the whole impeachment thing was going on to like the 24th of February. So like, I'll just never yep. forget Tucker's Tucker would say, they don't care if you, our, our leaders don't care if you die. This is a terrible virus we have coming and nobody, all they want to talk about is impeachment, impeachment, impeachment when they already know what the results are. Right. So he was really pushing this. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, I kept thinking to myself, well, I'm like, I know China shut down, but, but there's no sign of cases anywhere. And then the next thing you know, Italy happens on March 1st. And then all of a sudden that's, believe it or not. I, I mean, if you go by the China models of 80,000 infected and 3000 people die in a country that big, you're thinking maybe it's as bad as SARS. Right. But then when Italy happened and then, um, it, it's just like, like I tell people this all the time. I, I, I do not believe 
any way, shape, or form. Now, I know Trump's a bullshitter or whatever, that he's going to be telling all the supporters at a rally that there's nothing to worry about, and this is a media-driven hoax, okay? Unless he was, A, given bad information by people who want to take him down, uh, which is most likely, or, or B, you know, Xi Jinping must telling him everything was going to be fine. And, uh, and he was being, li- either way, it, somebody had to be lying to him because he really went from one extreme to the next in like a 24 hour period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, I don't, I mean, the problem is, is if you, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I followed guys like Bill Perkins and, you know, some of these mm-hmm. other guys that, you know, I do, I do find very smart. And when they start, you know, waving the red flag back in January and, I mean, you don't have to be that bright to see if China is shutting down their whole country. I mean, I don't care if they're lying, you know, telling you the, the right numbers or not. I mean, the, the, that's enough information for you as a president or you as a person to see that this is more serious than what they're letting on. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. So bad information, no information, whatever it is, I mean, when, the whole, when China shuts down their entire country, you got to be smart enough to know it's not a hoax. It's not. I mean, uh, you don't right. have to. I don't have to have someone hand me a piece of paper to tell you Absolutely. that this is a bad situation. You know, but but I I, I um, just believe that the world. I, well, we we can talk politics all day long. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't, yeah, know I don't how many to. people want to listen to it. You're you're, you're more of a yeah. Trump guy, and I'm I'm not a Democrat, but I'm just an anti-Trump guy. So yeah, um, well, you know, I'm not. I think I'm sort of anti everything. It's not like I'm I'm a Trump guy. It's just you I, are I, fake I just, news. I, I just the the thing is 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 I I'm I'm a person that that doesn't like when news or um uh people in the poker world that are that are not educated on what's going on will 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 post something okay that is completely false that is just a, a Democrat talking point. Now there's lots of points where that I have been able to say that I could post that could also be um, put as a Republican talking point, but I've tried my hardest not to do that just to just basically show um, when somebody puts something up that that's not true. This is, here's, here's the other side of the argument. So I'm just, it's more of a debate for me. Um, I am, people think I'm a very Trump supporter. I, I hate so many things that he does. Okay. But I am a supporter of his policies and, uh, his policies have made this country amazing up until this virus hit. So that's basically where I am on that. So, uh, but I just, you know, listen, Fair uh, enough. I, it, it's just, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I just, I, I just don't know how someone can, I don't know. I can't see how someone can lie like he does and just say, I didn't say that when it's literally on video that he said it. I mean, he, he lies every day and then, then says he didn't say it two minutes later. What it, it yeah, it's just, no, there's a lot of those That's things. For okay? but, time. I, but, that, but, but the thing is, is, and this is what I learned the most, you know, is, is I could show you like six other situations where uh, the top leaders on the left who go after him and they said they, that they were lying on video two weeks earlier also. So it works both ways. That's all I'm trying to say. But um, let me go well, back yeah, to again, that's why, so, I mean, uh, I'll be honest, I voted for Trump over Hillary. Um, I actually voted Libertarian, but I would have voted Trump over Hillary because I think he was the lesser of two evils back then. Um, And to be honest, he might be the lesser of two evils now. I don't know. I mean, if it's Sanders or him, I'm going to vote Trump. I mean, did you see the tweet she put out? Like when 
when America got to 100,000 cases, she's like, she put out, he did say America first. I mean, that's my most evil fucking tweet like anybody could put out. Like, she got destroyed by the liberal media and the, and the, and the, 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 the right wing media. I just couldn't even believe she Yeah, we, we like can that. do something like that. She can't. Yeah, I just couldn't even believe she did that. But let's get off politics a little bit. So let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, I like to always tell the story. So, you know, before I met you, uh, when you were getting to the final table of the World Series, uh, my favorite story to tell is I'm going, me, Howard Letter, and Eric Seidel were eating at a Vietnamese restaurant around the time around for dinner. God bless Chris Moneymaker. God bless Chris Moneymaker. You're right. Good job, computer. So um, we were eating. And, and uh, you were at the final table, and I said to, this is a, this is a true statement ever. I said to, um, to um, Eric I can't Sandow, believe a donkey's going to win the World Series. I said, I can't believe another idiot's going to win the World Series. And, and fucking, this is, his exact words to me were, Mike, if this guy wins the World Series, you're going to be richer than you ever dreamed you could be. And you know what? I would have been richer than I could ever dreamed I could be when you won it, if all bad things didn't happen. But uh, he was right. You know what I mean? And that's when the poker took off. And uh, I'm not going to lie, Chris. I mean, when they said this guy named Moneymaker was like three-handed, for, I'm like, is that his nickname? I didn't even know that there was somebody who had a last name, Moneymaker. And I said to myself, what, what a dream this is. Guy wins a satellite. He's playing for the World Series. And his last name is Moneymaker. So I was a little bit shocked. I thought that was a joke, to be honest with you. Yeah, you and everybody else. That's why, you know, the most common question I ever get asked is that your real last name. I mean, I get it. Yeah. 15 years later. I remember so. your dad Your dad rooting there on the sidelines. He was like, man, he was really engaged, too. I mean, you you were locked in, man. It's like, it's kind of like when I got in the zone when I won NBC at up in 2013. Um, it was, without a doubt, the greatest tournament I ever played. Uh, you were in that zone, man, and those zones are t- tough to get to nowadays because there's so many good players. But when you get to them, they're a lot of fun to be in. A lot of fun. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I kept losing Derek Seidel in NBC Heads Up. He got me like three years in a row, so I just don't want to ever see him again. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When he I got me it. in the round of 16. The round, like, he got me in the round of 32, the round of 16, and they got me in the finals. Could just never beat him. You know what's funny is I when I won it and we played six matches, I played three coin flips in six matches. Most people were playing like six coin flips a match. And what I did is I got to realizing that you there 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 was a lot more play than, than you than you really got to realize. You know what I mean? And uh a lot oh, of people sure. kind of rush they I thought there was so much play. And then when you get it's really weird. So the first match, like when you get whatever start you start with, and then you get double chips the next match, and double chips the next match. Now the blinds go up just as much, but you feel like you're deeper, even though you're really not. And I and I look back at, at the first matches, and and like you, those matches would go like when I played Seaver in the semifinals, uh, we played a two and a half ma- hour head up match, you know. And he was God, he was the toughest opponent I ever played in my life. And I I played above the rim, and I still uh, had to get lucky to win. I mean, I got it in with Ace Ten versus Jack Ten. He flopped to Jack. But I told him, I said, I had a dream. I, I won this tournament that an ace was coming and an ace came on the river. But, uh, you know, so uh, but that was a lot of fun. You know, uh, it's the fun, 
the, the year that I got second, the guy I had in my second round, I played Somerville in my first, then I had Jungle Man in my second. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so obliterated and hung over when I was playing against Jungle Man that I just wanted to get the match done. I could have cared less if I won or lost at that point. I mean, I was just hurting so bad. And I yeah, said, I'm you... just going to play this guy as fast, as fast as I possibly can and put as much pressure on him as I can. And I think that's probably the only way I beat him. Right. I ran pretty good, and I was just aggressive as hell. I read something like you don't drink anymore, right, or very little? No, yeah, I don't drink anymore. I stopped, uh, did enough of it, um, went went through that phase, and um, just decided that, you know, if you do it long enough, I guess – I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I, honestly, yeah. like I'd wake up and it, I would have, it, I'd have the flu for two days or three days, and I would just be right. worthless. And you know, it's just no fun. So um, wow. I thought I didn't want to feel like that anymore. As much as I enjoyed the, the feeling of having that, you know, the intoxication feeling, I did not enjoy the the two days that followed. So well, yeah, decided, I guess it's been about of- two years. That reminds that? me, you know, back to my ecstasy days, uh, when, when uh, you went out and you did a little ecstasy on Saturday, and then you got depressed on two weeks called Black Tuesday, and when those that depression Tuesday outweighed the fun of Saturdays, that's when I said I had to quit, you know, and then uh, I quit cold turkey, everything, and uh, having any drug, I quit doing drugs July twenty third of twenty sixth of two thousand and three, and I think I've had. Uh, I mean, maybe 10 drinks since I don't drink. I've never been a drinker, you know, and I'm trying to, I try and, uh, you know, help out, you know, like, like Chino, he's got all the talent in the world. Right. And he had all the top chips at the Bay one one and he grenaded him again. And everybody kept saying that he's going to grenade him again. He's going to grenade him again. I'm like, no, he's locked in. I played five hours with him. He's playing really good. He ain't going to grenade him. They're like, he'll grenade him again. Sure enough. I finished 15th. I, I grenaded a million chip pot. Uh, just really just made a mistake. And, um, and then he finishes 13th right behind me, you know, and he had uh, a million chips more than me. And then I find out what he did. And, and then me and Mark Newhouse and Mark Newhouse took me back to my hotel and drove him back wherever. And she knows kind of depressed. And I said, listen, man, you want to get married and have kids one day? He said, yeah. I said, how old are you? He says 40. And I said, well, when are you going to grow the fuck up? When are you going to quit partying? When are you going to stop drinking, doing drugs, fucking, and, and fucking realize, and how many times you want to grenade your chip stacks, you know? And, and he's like, yeah, you're right. I want to quit. You know, I'm like, he showed up an hour and a half because he partied all night and didn't sleep, you know? And it's just like, when you're playing poker, you know, you're supposed to be going to bed. If you have to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning for a tournament, you know, you should be in bed by midnight, up at eight o'clock, working out, eating right. You got to put, you got to put your priorities straight. I said, how many tournaments are you going to do? Well, yeah, when you get to our age, when we could do it back in the day, it was different. I mean, we used to be able to go out and do what these young kids do. But, I mean, unfortunately, your body just doesn't work that way after a point. Exactly. You got to get rest and you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And so. And, I mean, unfortunately, Chino, us, I mean, we're we're all in that point where, I mean, we're not machines. We can't go out and party all night and play the next day like we used to. No, you can't. And, you know, and then you're dealing with 21, 22 year old kids that are taking Adderall, which may, and they're focused and they're grinding day after day. And, uh, you know, you got to, you got to be focused. And, you know, I, 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 I never thought a guy over 40 would win the main event again, but 
this the guy who won last year this was a different animal this guy was 55 years old that works out three hours a day seven days a week i mean there that's the type of person that's why i know that i gotta get in shape and i gotta be like the best year i had at the world series was 2008 when i won the the no limit deuce and i finished 30th in the main um i lost a hundred pounds that year uh, it was my first weight loss bet with Ted. I went from 240 to 179 and uh, well, 61 pounds, whatever it was. And I was running eight miles a day. And let me tell you something, my head was clear every day. So it makes a difference. And um, it's, yeah, uh, I know it if we're going to want to put ourselves in that position again, uh, I know how hard you're going to have to work. So what have you been doing with yourself? Do you still work in a poker stars? I saw that. That's good to hear. Uh, have you played much poker? I was playing a ton of poker up until the, the virus hit, and then um, it's kind of just stopped. I mean, again, I've got a home game, and I play some VR. Um, it's all free money stuff, but, you know, for the most part, um, I'm on essentially hold until this virus goes away. I mean. Right. And what were you playing over just, in Tennessee? Were you playing live or online? Mostly, uh, mostly live, uh, doing a moneymaker tour. We're giving away platinum passes and doing things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I was just traveling around the country doing that kind of stuff. And, yeah, um, I, I saw you were doing cool, some Texas. It was a cool little gig. I, I enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, me too. I saw you were doing some of the new Texas card rooms. Uh, Phil just got bought a piece of a few of them, uh, and he's going to start doing meetup games. I'm going to, he asked me to go with them. Uh, I saw you did a few Which of them. Which one did he I, buy into? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, they are in Texas. Uh, I, I saw you were at one of yep. them. Uh, so I was wondering how, how, that, how did that go? That's no, good. I mean, you know, obviously right now it's not. But, um, you know, the, the card rooms down there are, uh, you know, fun places. It's, you know, you don't have casinos down there. But the card rooms, I mean, it's just like walking into a casino without – you know all the other the pit games so and i mean they, it's a, it's a nice charge, atmosphere it's good and yeah they charge I'm to sorry. get in these places is that what they do with no rake is that what they do yeah they, it's no there's no rake it's a it's a time fee so you're in, you're basically you're it's like a country club model um so you're paying to be a part of a country club and you're paying by the hour to be in that country club and uh you know they used to rent the actual seats but you can't do that you actually have to pay to be inside the building so once you're inside the building, you pay anywhere between ten to sixteen dollars an hour, depending upon the the place that you're playing at. And uh, you know, you could obviously you can play one two or you can play twenty forty, and it costs the same same break. So um, if you're a bigger player, um, it, it works out pretty well. If you're playing one two, I mean, you know, you can get it's still it's still not bad. I mean, um, I think it's if I I think it's ten dollars an hour, something like that, maybe fifteen dollars an hour. Um, which isn't the end of the world. Yeah. For tournaments, I, I know they have to do something different. Tournaments could get pretty dicey. I don't well, know how they, they work gonna the tournaments. We're going to have to figure but... out what the we'll – get, get around the – because I believe Texas is going to be the next big poker boom. I mean, you had the we had the Florida when they went from a $100 max bet to opening. The first year there, the games were unbelievable. Well, Texas already, had, Texas already has 50 rooms down there at least. I mean, they – Right. They've already had their boom. They're having their boom. I mean, you go down there and the PLO games are just insane. The Omaha eight, eight or better games are insane. 
Um, you know, there, there's a lot of good games down there, and it's it's just like Florida was. I mean, you go down there and you can kind of print money if you played four card games. I mean, yeah. people saw I got the two invi- card games I got a little bit. To a big O game down there. I think my friend told me that 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 if I couldn't make a hundred thousand a week, I couldn't make a dollar. He plays this big O game. It's yeah, you know, hundred, two hundred, or something. And I'm just like, wow, please get me in this game, you know. And then another one called me that they're even playing like PLO eight, like uh, fifty and a hundred, but private game. But, but oh you know, yeah, because because I'm a celebrity, so they could get me in it. I'm like, man, just get me in it like twice a month. Then I don't have to worry about paying bills, you know. But um, yep, yeah. and uh, I like going down there in Texas. I made really, really good money on every trip down there, just playing some PLO and PLO eight. And uh, then it just sort of stopped. I was actually looking at opening up a room down there, and I'm glad I didn't right now. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, the whole world's going to struggle here doing for it. the next next two months is going to be the hardest two months the country's ever gone through, the most pain the world's ever gone through. And um, you know, the only thing good about it is the whole world is all going through it. So it's not just us. And so. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, I really hope that this, something like this will bring the country together. Um, if it doesn't, uh, I think our country's in big trouble anyways, because if we can't unite around around this, I don't know what we can unite around, right? You know? I don't know. It's like yeah, I really just, don't. Ever since this started, like, honestly, I don't, I don't see left or right politics. I don't see poor or rich I don't see anything. I just think the only thing I think about is caring about those people that work week to week that have to put food on the table for a family of four. I, th- I, I go to sleep every night thinking about that. I mean, I don't even think about that there's an election this year. It's like the farthest thing from my mind, you know? So um, I, uh, I, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, feel, feel the same way. And then there's always going to be far left and far right people who are just going to, I'll keep pushing the fucking bullshit, but you know, I just try and tell everybody it's 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 not time for politics. It's it's time for all of us to unite and 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 look after everybody. I mean, I mean, look at all these doctors and all these people on the front lines that are worth putting their lives on the line for us. It's you know what I mean. It's, it, these are big. Yeah, things. the doctors and you also, I mean, just the the grocery store people. I mean, hell, they're they're putting it online just as much as anybody yeah. else almost. Yeah, the truckers. You know, I, I I saw this thing about the truckers, right? Now they're having really the the biggest problem they're having is uh is they're going out, right? But then they stop to get something to eat, and they can't go through the drive-through with their truck. And they used to like either walk in or walk up to the drive-through window, which they're not letting them. So they have to like literally go for people who are online in the drive-through and give them money to give them something. And, and everybody's been doing it, but it's it's kind of become a pain in the ass for them. They were saying. Uh, I wish there was something they could do different, you know, because the truckers are just killing themselves, you know. Yeah. My uh, my uh, my friend's an airline stewardess. She told me that uh, like the planes are like they get or have like six people on them right now. I don't even know why airlines are even open. It makes no sense to me. But um, she says that most of their flights well, now. Unfortunately, are- the airlines have to fly the planes to keep their slots at the airports, which that makes no sense why they wouldn't shut that down i'm sure they will at some point yeah but, I, I figured I the mean, end of this week don't fuck, i'll be gone but yeah uh but she was yeah, telling I mean, me uh, to, to... go ahead hello no it's good. go ahead yep I'm yeah, here. yeah 
No, she was telling she was telling me that uh, she had a plane full of truckers that they flew back to where they like. In other words, they have uh, people who drive the truck from where they drop the groceries off back to get restocked, and then they're having the planes fly the truckers back to the other trucks. To keep, that's how they're keeping that's how they're keeping their supply chain going, which I had no idea about. So she says, like, like we have uh, full planes full of truckers that we fly right back to uh, wherever the um, they're uh, getting all the groceries and stuff from. So uh, uh, the only thing I, I don't understand is the, the toilet paper thing. Uh, maybe uh, do you have any explanation of this, Phil, uh, Chris? I mean, I bought a ton of toilet paper in January. I saw, I mean, when I was seeing what China was going through, and I saw basically, you know, I just did a bunch of research and watched YouTube stuff and saw that uh, Clorox wipes and toilet paper were the things that were going off the shelves the fastest. So those are the two things I went and bought a ton of. And um, no, I don't have a good explanation for it, but I'm glad I did it because you can't find any. Uh, it's again, crazy. I don't understand like, really the explanation for it. Yeah. I don't think anybody spends more time on the toilet than me, and I go through like one roll every like 10 days. So I don't understand the, uh, if you have four people, that would be, uh, I still don't understand the fucking getting more than 16 rolls of toilet paper, but they said it's because somebody saw one person doing it. And so they thought that was the thing to do, but that'd be like the farthest thing from my mind would be that, but there's some funny well, memes. I'll be going honest, around. That's the reason I did. I saw, I saw them all flying off the shelves in other countries. So when I, you know, when I saw everything that was flying off the shelves and I saw, you know, I went out and got tons of water, which I did, obviously I didn't need a whole ton, a lot of bottled water, but um, I did that for different reasons. Um, I got masks. I got gloves. I got some hazmat suits. I mean, I went and, you know, my wife thought I was absolutely bonker nuts. I mean, she was looking at me like I've lost my mind because I'm never well, a prepper. I, I or, thought everybody had lost their mind. So, yeah, if I was your wife, I'd have thought you lost your mind, too. Yeah, she was like, what are you doing? And then she started getting worried because she knows I'm not like this. I don't ever get worried about stuff like this. But, you know, right. I do a lot. I'm a, I'm a science guy. I like stuff like this. And yeah. I, I told her it's like the perfect virus coming to get us. It, it lasts long enough in the body and it hides in the body, but it still kills enough. That's like the perfect virus that we don't want to see. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of things. You know, I don't. I'm a believer that I don't believe anything happens, I, that it's not a coincidence. I've done a lot of reading. I don't know. Do you, you do a lot of reading about stuff about this, trying to get, try and get the truth? Oh, yeah. Truth. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you, 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 um, you know about the um, event 2001, right? Do you know what event 201 is? Which event? Okay, event two hundred one. Event two hundred one. Maybe I, I don't read conspiracy theories too much. I just read. Uh, that's not. That's not conspiracy. You know, I've been theories. reading about. So, so on, on event two hundred one was an event held by um, Bill Gates, and had five thousand people mm -hmm. on December on December first in New York. It was a hypothetical world pandemic. Okay, hypothetical world pandemic. On December fifteenth, a, a guy named Dr. Tom um, is. It, Ig, Igle, Ig, Igle, Ig, Eagles, I think, did a video uh, talking about Event 201 and how the country is could, could could we could take on a major pandemic at any time. Now, I just don't none of this the Wuhan hadn't even happened yet, right? And they're talking about this 
I don't believe these things happen for accidents. I just don't, you know, we're in the middle of the greatest economy of all time. And the only way to take it out was, you know, I just, you cut off the head of the snake, you cut, you know, you cut off the, the world. So I, I just, I, I, I just don't believe it's, I, I, you know, I just don't believe this is a coincidence. There's way I could t- name like five, six things that, that happen and, and it just can't be a coincidence. Now, with that said, could it have been an accident? Yes. But no matter what happens, China covered it up. They didn't give the, the, the real data to people. If the real data was put out after this happened, we wouldn't be in this spot. That's the bottom line. So, Well, I don't know. One thing I did read was the, the China, China's cell phone usage dropped 2.1 million people yeah, I heard from the that time too. The, the virus started till it ended. And that's a pretty good indication if that, you know, that that's potentially the death rate. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and again, you know, uh, it, you know, it's just, again, uh, Trump was in an 18 month bitter trade war, which would have cost China $5 trillion. I just, you, you put all these pieces together and I mean, you've watched enough forensic files and shit to know that there's no such thing as coincidences. So, you know, I, well, I, I, mean, I you know, there, there's a, there's always something going on in election year. I mean, that's been pointed yeah. out time and time again. Every every election year, there's some kind of, you know, some kind of turmoil going on. Um, yep. So, yep. yeah, I mean, there's obviously, you know, a lot of things that we don't understand. But um, I saw this virus coming, and I just knew it was going to be a bad one. And I still don't know. Obviously, no one knows how bad it you will know, be. But, um, I, bl- I, bl- I, I just I don't understand myself. how the way. Uh, do you have user questions? Because we're getting back on the political side. I think we covered this yes. one already. I agree so. with you. Let's we're get off around of in a circle. Let's get off of that. Yes. Do we have any uh, uh, computer? Do we have any questions. Uh, questions from our from our? We uh, have listener questions. We do. Let's play them. Hey, Mike. This is Sammy. I was wondering if you could maybe ask uh, Chris in O three when. He was at the WSLP main event. What was the better feeling after the hand when the ace came on the river to knock out Ivy with like 11 or 12 handed left or when he put the bluff on me, heads up, he didn't quite win it, that hand, but it put him in a spot where he really couldn't lose. So, uh... What was the best feeling between those two hands? All right. All right. Well, first of all, that's not Sammy Farha, so um, that's someone calling themselves Sammy. Sammy would never ask that question. Um, And obviously, uh, busting Ivy, which was obviously nice, but to be honest, I had no idea who Ivy was. I was completely oblivious to who anybody other than like three people were in the poker world. So right. uh, when I busted Ivy, it was just some young kid with a bunch of chips. I didn't really matter to me whatsoever other than we got to go to bed and come back the next day. But I was completely oblivious to who he was. So it was obviously getting away with the bluff was the most important. Yeah. I remember Phil Helmuth was deep. He was like finished like 15th. Jason beat him. Got it in with Jacks against Phil's Queens and hit a Jack. Uh, J- uh, Jason was his last name. I forgot, but that was that same tournament. I remember that. Uh, and then I, I, did, I, I remember. 
you know, it's so funny. It's like Milan because I don't know if I do remember the Ivy hand. Uh, I, I remember the the eights. Hello? I think it was against Freddie's aces. Who was it that the aces? You had eights. Oh, Humberto, right? Humberto, you had the eights. Bought the set against his aces. Is that it? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Those are the, th- those are the hands I remember the most. You know. So. Yeah, well, well, a lot of people don't realize that I had Humberto two to one in chips on on that hand. So. Right. Um, even if I were to lose, I still would have had plenty of chips. It obviously was a move that didn't work. Right. Um, it worked, but it didn't work. Um, but I still would have had plenty of life, even if I lose that hand. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see what else. Let's have some other questions. Hey, good evening, Miss Messis. I want to talk to Mike the Mouth Mattisau, and I want to find out if he's had any legendary battles on the poker felt against world-renowned actor and Republican faithful James Woods, Jimmy Woods. Can't wait to hear any stories. Go mouth, go. Uh, okay, so me and Jim are, me and James Woods are really good friends. Um, he uh, basically uh, started playing poker about uh, seven, eight years ago. And he was, uh, we became pretty good friends. His mom had just passed away. He was really down and out. Uh, and I tried to, we went to dinner one day and I knew what he was going through because, you know, I, 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 I felt his pain and he kind of needed a friend at the time. And I tried to help him a little bit with poker. Um, and then um, Miami John has been teaching him mixed games. He used to be super juicy to come sit in a mixed game. But uh, I noticed he'd been getting better. And then having Miami John on a couple of weeks ago, uh, now I know why he's gotten better. But um, he's a great guy. He cares about people. Um, no matter what his politics are, um, uh, even during the fires that they had in L.A., he was helping people and rescuing people and rescuing animals. And he's got a good heart. So nothing bad to say about James. Um, but I have him, I've played poker with him about five or six times, and he's never beat me. So, you talking uh, about Jim Worth? Jim, uh, James Woods. James Woods. Oh, James Woods. Okay, I was yeah, about to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I thought we were, I heard Jim Worth, which is a different yeah. person. But have you, have you played um, yeah, against I played with James, James Woods, Woods a few at all? times? Have you played against James at all? I'm sorry. Yeah, have you played against James at all? Yeah, I played with James a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah I played with him a few times. I've actually had some uh, really good conversations with him. I like James a lot. Uh, one of the funnier stories that I have was way back, I think it was 2004, we went out to dinner and uh, we went and played. We were playing poker. We were just playing like a 2-5 game. Me and James were sitting next next to each other, and someone came up and said, can I have your autograph? And James turned around like, you know, they were asking for his autograph, and they looked at him and said, who are you? <laughs> Instead ah, of asking for my autograph. That's so funny. That reminds so, me we were at the, air, we were at the yeah. airport one day. And somebody comes up and goes, Mike the Mouth, Mike the Mouth. I was with Phil Helmuth. He's sitting right next to me. And he goes, Mike, can I get your autograph? I give him my autograph, whatever. And he starts walking away. I go, you know, that's Phil Helmuth. Do you want his? And he goes, who? Oh, my God, Phil went crazy. You know how Phil is. Oh. <laughs> he went, he went oh, I could only imagine, Phil. Oh, man, it, it's funny shit. Okay, that computer, we got another question? Hey, this question is Chris. Hey, we can't hear it. Raise it. Computer, we can't hear it. I heard it was for Chris, but we can't hear it. Computer, computer, play that question again. 
Hey, who has the best poker face amongst the coronavirus task force? My vote is Mike Pence. I would not want to sit across from Mike Pence. I don't know what. I'm going to go with um, Mike Pence probably has the greatest poker face in the, in the coronavirus task force only because he consistently fucking sucks fucking Trump's fucking asshole left and right. And he does it at least 10 times a day. So, uh, and he does it with a straight face. Yeah, well, I know Fauci, has, Fauci or whatever has the worst. Oh, but. yeah, absolutely. Fauci has the worst. Trump has the second worst. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Mike Pence. He, he's a he's a because he's, he's the sharpest politician. He's been, he's been a politician the longest. So he just goes up there, just stays on message pol- politician-wise, and, and then just, you know, me, I have a, a liberal friend that, um, that hates Trump's guts and, like, but we're texting, and whenever, every time Trump gets on and Pence are up there, we like every time Pence would like fucking suck fucking Trump's ass by giving him compliments, we would go ding. And every time Trump would say incredible, we would go ding. And at the end of the press conference one time, we had like 23 dings. So we, we, we laugh a little bit about it. So, all right. Next question. Next question there, uh, computer. Hey, Chris, I was just wondering, who's the best player in your home game? Well, we don't have a home game anymore. We used to have a home game back in the day. Um, Unfortunately, people thought that they won the main event, too, and our 2-5 home game turned into a 25-50 and 50-100 home game, and basically all my friends got broke, essentially. So the home game essentially died off, and... Um, most of my friends don't play poker now. I have a few friends that still that play, but majority of my friends don't. Yeah, smart. They're smart. So it's not me. Not you. All right. Peter, <laughs> we got another question. Yeah. That's all the questions for now. All right. So Sweet. listen, I'm under the on the assumption, and I don't care what anybody says. I think you're a hundred times the player you are today than you were in 2003. Do you agree? I think I was good for the time back then. I, I didn't know a lot of stuff, but neither did anybody else. Um, I think if you're still playing this game after all these years, um, then you figured something out. So, yes, I'm a much better player than I, than I was, but I think every single person playing from that time is a much better player because if, if you're still playing the game, you have to improve. I agree 100%. You know, I tell people, and, and I can look back, you know, we look back to 2003. I know the people who are in the poker world, and, and I know the people who are still making money that haven't had a job. Um, and, I mean, I haven't had a job, and I've gone through, well, I mean, if I didn't have sports betting habit, I, 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 I'd be untold how many millions I would have still. But uh, I, I don't look back. I don't look back at my mistakes. I look forward um, for the first time in my life. Chris, I have money management, uh, courtesy of Phil Hummies, fucking drilling it in my head over and over and over. And um, it's, uh, I always used to say, you could have an A game. I'll take the guy with a C game that doesn't have a D game or an F game that has game selection and money management over a guy that has an A game that has no game selection and no money management. And I'll stick with that. You agree? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. 
it took me a long time to know that, you know, I was always had the big ego challenged Everybody played shorthanded head up three handed. Uh, and I put myself in a lot of bad spots. Um, not that I lost in poker, but you know, if, if I do get stuck that then I start betting more on sports and it just led one thing. It was just like a, a spiraling effect. And now that I've gotten rid of all that, uh, I looks really like we have more questions. Oh, we do. Okay. Well, let's give us another question. Hey, Chris, is your flight booked to Edmonton yet? What was that? Is your flight booked hey, Chris, to Edmonton yet? Is your yet? flight booked to Edmonton yet? Is my flight booked to Edmonton? They've been trying to get me to come up to Edmonton for the uh, uh, moneymaker tour for a year, and we were mm-hmm. basically we were going to go up there. We were going to do it, and uh, obviously. All hell broke loose, and it doesn't look like we're going to be doing it, at least in, in the short term. I don't know, you know what the future holds, but um, my, my flight is not booked currently. Okay. But we were planning on going up there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris. I was wondering, what have you done to improve your game over the years? Thank you so much. I've done a lot of things to improve my game over the years. I've, I've actually had... Uh, Poker coaches, I've had poker friends that are better than me. Um, I've watched videos. I've used solvers. Um, you know, I've had mental coaches. I, I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into improving my game and uh, making sure that, um, you know, I'm keeping current with the times. And, you know, even though I can't play online poker, um, that's really where, you know, you learn so fast because you get to play so many hands. Um, I'm staying abreast of what's going on online by just watching videos and, and keeping current with uh, everything that's going on. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, you know, I um, I uh, didn't, I don't really, never really kind of done any of the solvers or any of that. I do have a friend that, that has learned, like, spent hundreds of thousands of hands that I used to teach poker with on GTO. And he kind of wants me to learn it. And I've been working with him a little bit. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm one of those people that has great instincts that uh, the only thing it's going to do is help me understand what other people are doing. I can never be a person that plays. Uh, well, that's it. I'm, an, I'm a field player or an yeah, instinct player, what you want. But it's, it does help to know when you're playing against these young guys what their thought process is and what the, you know, right. To be honest, the, the games that I'm playing, I, I play more of an exploitive style anyways because it's more profitable. But when I do play against stuff for competition, I still I do need to know what the the GTO lines are and what you know what they're doing, and therefore I can better understand it and counteract it. Um, but to be honest, I really you know it's very rare that I play against the top level guys, so I'm usually deviating pretty bad from the, the solvers. Right. Yeah. So that's the same with me. And I, and that's what I, I kind of been trying, I kind of tell people all the time. It's like, unless you're playing the high rollers, which I have no interest in playing because just, I never, poker's always been about playing people that play worse than you, not people who play as good as you. And I'm not out to like see whose dick is bigger and see you, you know, because there's just nobody every year, somebody in the high roller goes on a rush and there's nobody that's had two good years, you know, or three good years. It's every, they switch off because uh, as you know, the, the difference between the best player in the world and the and and uh, somebody like you or me is is uh, is so small 
that it would take 10 years to really, you know, if you played every day to, to, to deviate. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, especially in a game like Hold'em where, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, it, it's not really that hard to play a Texas Hold'em poker tournament. And at the end of the day, you just got to right, wake up in the right situation. And, you know, we all know how to maximize our opportunities, play a big stack and, and grow a stack and how not to get short. And right. it really just comes down to winning your flips and, you know, being in the right situation at the right time and waking up with coolers, picking off right bluffs, picking up good spots to, to make your bluffs. But, again, everybody's doing that. It's not like it's, you know, rocket science by this point. It's still hard to do, and a lot of people do it. But, again, like you said, the top – I don't know, X percent of the population in poker are all pretty equal. It's just who's running hot at the given time. I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, that's why we have I, another I question for Chris. All right, let's, let's hear another one. Hey, Mr. Moneymaker, just wanted to know if there's any poker enemies or any play, poker players that you don't get along with. I'll be honest, I get along with everybody. Um, I'm probably the easiest person to get along with. I mean, I, I uh, talk a bunch of junk, but I take it equally as well. Good night, girl. I love you. Um, you know, I don't really see anybody as an enemy. I mean, there's people I don't want to play, like Eric Seidel, for example, because he just owns my soul. But um, as far as, like, people I don't like, no, there's nobody that I can think of other than Mike Manicel. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, I'm the same way. I mean, you're such a nice guy, Chris, and we get people don't realize the poker world is such a small community, and um, it's very important. And it's not just about being respected by your peers, but but when people see you, knowing that they love, they come up and they 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 look forward to seeing you, um, it makes me feel good. And and we know in our in our in our business, there's a lot of you know, scumbags in the poker world and everybody pretty much knows who all of them are, but there's not, you know, there's just not as many as everybody thinks there is. Most of us are, it's like a family. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I really don't have anybody I just like either. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously hidden people that are, you know, bad people in the poker world, but I would say by this time, like you said, the majority of the people that, you know, have been around for a long time, they all kind of know each other. They know who they can trust and who they can't. And, yeah. You know, again, it's not that big of a community. It's, it's a big community, but it's really not. Yeah. So, you know, like going back, like I, I remember like the NBC head ups, you fucking ran so God awful, like, like three, four years in a row where you took like ridiculous beats and, and so many tournaments you've been in since. Um, have, have you won another tournament since the main event? Yeah, I mean, I won plenty of tournaments. I haven't won, like, a monster tournament, though. You haven't won any big I mean, I win, you know, I play a lot of, you know, 1,500 and, three, you know, 350s and 2,000. Right. I mean, you know, events like that. Um, but I don't play a whole lot of, like, I probably average two events over $10,000 a year. So right. um, it's just Do not you, something I, I generally play Have you learned how to play much. any other Mixed games or anything else or or PLO. What do you? What else do you play? Oh yeah, no, I play I play all the mixed games. Um, I enjoy playing. You know, I've, I've thought about playing the Poker Players Championship. That's one of my bucket list events that I want to play. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, yeah, I won an eight game in 
and uh, Monte Carlo, and I won one in uh, some other European country. I can't even remember anymore. But yeah, I've won a couple of mixed game events and some PLO events. I think I actually enjoy like playing mixed games more than I enjoy playing hold them. Of course, I love playing. I think mixed games. most people that are still playing do. Yeah, I mean, people like I got famous because I, you know, of all my success at the World Series and the main event and everything, and and all my final tables at the World Poker Tour. But but I've always my my bread and butter has been grinding the four hundred, eight hundred Omaha uh, mixed eight. games. Yeah, Omaha Hold'em, Stud Eight. Uh, now they now they put all these monkey games in, but and uh, I still do really well at them. But uh, you know, I I much rather play mixed games. But lately, I've I've been getting into a lot uh, a lot of really good private games that are just so good that I still you know even when they're really big, if they're they're super big, I'll play for like twenty percent. Um, and uh, my my uh, I mean uh, I, my win is so much. You know what I mean? I'd rather play for twenty percent in a game where you're winning or losing a hundred thousand than playing. Uh, a 10, 20, or 20, 40, no limit where you're playing against like all the best players. So, uh, you know, game selection is important. Getting in private games are important. I'm still not a fan of private games in casinos. Uh, I'm really against that. But I do believe that there there should be, uh, if people want to play private games at home, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad that I'm entertaining enough to get into them because I don't really give anything away, but I make people laugh and they, they invite me. Well, the only people not getting into the private games are people that are really good and also don't have a personality. Correct. I mean, Correct. you get that's part of that's part of getting in a good game is having a good personality and you know wanting people to be around you. I mean, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you want to be a good poker player, that's a skill you have to have. Right. And, and like you know, people say, well, when the height of Ivy, Ivy never said a word, and Ivy didn't have much of personality, and he was a killer. Ivy was one of the funniest guys you could ever be around. You know, people forget some of the, like he, he might not have talked a lot, but he threw one-liners out at people. If you go back and look at the old high stakes poker, I mean, he, he's a funny guy and you go hang out with him. He's a funny guy. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, well, yeah. I mean, and also, I, I mean, he's a different character than most. I mean, he's, he's, you know, poker, poker royalty from back in the day. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, 10, 15 people that it doesn't matter if you're the worst person on the planet, you're going to get into games just based on who you are. I mean, yeah. and your notoriety. And, you know, Ivy could get into any game he wanted um, because he's fell Ivy. He, could be, he didn't have to be funny. Yeah. People want to play and with so, him. You know, and, and, and I've been, you know, I think for about five years now, even, even since my injury and stuff, I've, when I show up, I'm just like, my motto has been make poker fun again, make poker fun again. You know, Daniel's been doing the same because we go, and that's the thing I love about playing those 10 K buy and mix games at the world series, because there's between 150 and 200 of us say, which reminds me of, of basically what the world series was from, from uh, when I became professional in 96 till about 2003, when you won the tournament, there was about 200 of the same people. And it was like a family affair. Um, and so I enjoy that. And we look forward to seeing each other every year. Um, uh, and like I said, there's but there's a lot of top players that get upset, like, "Oh, I can't get in this private game, or I can't. Nobody will let me play." Or, well, then fucking get a personality or give something back. You have to give something to. You have to bring something to the game. If you if you if you don't if you don't talk and you don't play any hands and you're a nit, you're you're just never getting invited back. You know. 
Yeah, so you don't play the bomb pots. You don't, like we have you don't do things that maybe you don't yeah. have the best edge, but, you know, you, you give up some of your edge to be fun in the game. I mean, you know, every time you see these private games go off, it's, you know, the pr- people that don't get invited are the ones that when it comes to the bomb pot or PLO flips or whatever, they say, no, I'm out. Yeah. Well, every I mean, half, you know, every people, half hour I do a PLO flip or a bomb pot. Matter of fact, the last bomb pot I played, I won a $54,000 bomb pot. Uh, I looked down, uh, I had pocket kings. The flop was king, jack, jack, and a bomb pot. The two people had a jack. I was able to stack one of them and won uh, like 30000 in the pot. Uh, but the thing is, as people don't understand, is bomb pots and flips, you have the same exact edge as they do, okay? So you got to gamble a little bit with them. If you don't, like I never say no to a flip. I never say no to a straddle. I never say no to a bomb pot and I talk and have fun and I'm, and I guarantee you I'm probably the, t- the tightest player in the game, but they don't care. You know, as long as I'm having fun with them. Okay. We got another question there. Uh, and a lot of them don't even, a lot of them don't even realize it's a sad thing. As long as you're talking, people don't realize how tight you are. No, they don't. As long as they they're like, Hey, this guy's fun to be around. Like I know you're fun to be around in the game and you know, I'm fun to be, be around. So those are, those are very important things, man. And I try and teach a lot of these wizards that, and, you know, instead of crying about how it's unfair it is, they never get on poker after dark or they never uh, bring something to the table, you'd get on poker after dark, you know. I have one more question for Chris. Hi, Mike. Uh, this is Jeremy. Uh, I have a question for uh, you and Chris. Uh, I know both of you guys have written books. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, what's your guys' process? Do you write the book first, or do you go find a publisher, or do you pitch them the idea? Um, yeah, I just wonder if you can explain that. Thanks. Uh, well, I'll start off first. Um, when I wrote my book, Check Raising the Devil, in 2008, um, I had a ghostwriter uh, came over every day. Uh, he basically took, uh, listened to my stories, listened to everything that happened, recorded it all. Uh, we broke it down into different uh, um uh, chapters, and then uh, he would write it into how I sounded uh, based on uh, how I was talking to him, and uh, that's how I did that. Uh, I have another book coming out called Poker, Pain, and Politics, how all three made me a better person, and uh, with this virus and stuff, hopefully I'll get that out by the middle of summer. Uh, what's your uh, What's your answer to that there, Chris? I did the exact same thing, did the ghostwriter on uh, my book, and uh, during the process, I learned that I'll never do a book again. It's probably the process that I have enjoyed the least in my 15 years after winning the World Series, uh, going back and reading over all the transcripts and going through and editing it. I thought it was quite miserable. And it was it miserable. It wasn't worth the it- time and the effort. Yeah, and, I, and and you don't make so, book men, yeah. make money make it. You don't. There's no money in, in doing the book, so it was miserable. Um, I uh, I think that my the only reason why I'm writing this other book is I've been through so much uh, since my injury, uh, since I, full tilt went down, um, uh, my road back. Um, that people just, you know, I try and tell them about it, and it's just they can't. They, it's unimaginable what I've been through. There's like two people in the world that know what I've been through. And I've dealt with severe chronic pain uh, for many years. And it's been uh, somehow, some way I've been able to survive without being able to really work. And um, so there's a, I, I, I feel the need to write this book. But yes, I agree with you. I do remember it was not fun 
proofreading at all. It was a, a real miserable experience. So yeah, miserable experience for not much money, like you said. So yeah, and you have something to tell people. I mean, on, honestly, you know, I won the main event, and you know, I, I still am. I'm an ambassador for Poker Stars. I do a lot of small tournaments, but you know, I still. Most of my time is spent with my family um, or playing small events and having fun with people. I mean, I much enjoyed just uh, sitting around a table and uh, cutting jokes and having a good time and making a little money on the side. Yeah, and I'm Not glad a whole lot to I'm really happy I tell people all the time that Poker Stars kept you on because I thought that you did so much for the poker boom, for, for poker, and that um, – you know, even when, as the years went by and you weren't like playing a lot of poker, that they kept you on. And, uh, and, uh, I kept saying that, uh, it's very important to keep Chris on. And, and I, and I know you appreciate that from them, you know, and, and I do too, you know? Yeah, no, they've been a great company to work with. I mean, and, uh, you know, they've come and gone with a lot of different people, ambassadors and, uh, changed hands as a company and uh they they've seen my value which is nice to nice to see that you know your hard work is just paid off because i do do a lot of work for them but um yeah. although right now i don't feel like i'm doing a whole hell of a lot which is kind of weird just sitting around but it's a nice little vacation time i guess if you will is, is sort of the perk of it now you know with the uh with uh, them changing owners uh, i've heard uh, a lot of different things. It, 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 is, is the way the company's run is it a lot different now with the new owners? Well, I mean, of course it is. I mean, you know, I had a, a personal relationship with Eastside and Mark back in the day, and yeah. if I needed something, I would pick up the phone and call them. I mean, I'm pretty sure the same way you had with Full Tilt. I mean, if you wanted yeah, something, you picked up the phone and you called them. Um, and now it's it's a corporation. It's a huge corporation, and I have people that, you know, kind of manage what I do. And, um, you know, I have a, a team of three or four that look after me and, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I've got my, my schedule where what it is. And if I want something, I request to them and then they request up the, up the chain. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a company now. Um, but it's still, you know, the one good thing is, is they're all on the aisle, man. They, you know, I still know a lot of people there, it's still, you know, a good company, and I'm proud to work with. Uh, it's just the way that you interact with them is a little bit different. I don't know some of the top people like I used to know is the biggest difference. Right. I I know. I'm working with a, you know a, a localized team. The um the uh, the Sunday Millions had like a world a record last week of ninety three thousand or something. Is, is that right? Yeah, I mean, we just had a, a massive record. They just announced the New Jersey uh, WCOOP, you know, online series for New Jersey. Uh, this came out tonight, I think. Um, it's going to be April 11th to the 27th. So depending upon uh, what's going on here in a couple of weeks, I may go up to New Jersey and, and play online. Um, I don't know how hotels and uh, things are. You, but, you, um, you couldn't pay me yeah, enough okay. money. You couldn't give me a million dollars to fly to New Jersey, the epicenter of – of the virus right now. First of all, I would. First of all, I would never fly. I would drive right. my own car. Yeah. Um, there would be a zero percent chance I would ever get on a plane. Um, yeah. I don't mind driving my own car where I'm away from away from people. And you know, the biggest question would be, you know, if I could get secluded enough to to be by myself. 
Yeah. And that would be so, the biggest question. You know? So be- right before they closed down everything. So Lizzie, you know, Lizzie Harrison, right? You know, Lizzie. Yep. Yeah, okay. So she was out here visiting and then she went uh, for, she, for the poker awards and then she went back to New Jersey and she's like dreading that she went back to New Jersey because she can't get out. Right. And she's thinking about driving her car across country, but they're not letting people even drive. If you come from New York, they're not letting anybody even drive now. They, I don't know if you noticed, like they will not let anybody with a New York license plate leave the state. So she's kind of stuck there and not. Yeah, really no, I saw, her. I saw they were, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Well, I knew New York would be the worst. Um, and it's just this next year is going to be a nightmare. It had to be the worst because that all the, it comes from all over the country, all the flights, all over the world. And it's 8 million people in a city half the size of Las Vegas. So of course it's going to be the worst, you know, <laughs> looks yep. like we have another question. All right. We got another question. One more. Go ahead. Hey, Mike, how you doing? It's Ivan. Uh, my question was, um, you as well as your guest today, Chris, was wondering when you guys originally started, how much was your bankroll like, like when you first literally started? Cause, um, to be honest, I got really big into it with Chris because, uh, you know, he was a county major, I believe, and so forth, and kind of have the same background. So I was just wondering about that. And the second question is, um, how's your health doing overall? Because um, I'm having my share myself, so I know what you mean when you talk about your pain on a daily basis. So God bless. Take care, guys. Well, um, I uh, when I got back, it's really weird. It's like I was in Washington, D.C. a month ago. I was at the um, – in the – the room that they have all the what's it called that they uh right now outside took pictures in the uh, in that room where they, they're doing all the meetings right now and uh, a month later the, the whole world's changed um but uh you know with that i i'll say uh, i started off um with playing four dollar eight dollar limit hold them and 10 20 limit hold them then 20 40 limit hold them uh back then uh there was no no limit was played up until 99 when I won my first bracelet, they played two no limit tournaments a year. It was their 3,500 in the main event and the 10 K in the main event. I won the, I won the 3,500 and uh, the guy from Ireland that won the main event that year in 1999 uh, is the one who gave me all the chips when I won the 3,500. Um, and uh, so uh, I started off small and kind of build myself up and uh took some shots which i don't do now uh so which is why it took me a, a quite a while to get myself back on my feet because i was so scared to go broke again uh because going broke is not fun uh but um uh what's your uh, answer to that chris so the same answer in, in with you with a little bit of caveat i mean i started there's no no limit either. It was all limit hold'em. That's basically all we were, all we played. Um, we played five dollar, ten dollar limit, sometimes ten twenty. Uh, played online on PokerStars. The, they did have no limit on there, but the biggest the the high roller game back on PokerStars was two five no limit. Um, so it's just a much different time uh, back then. And my bankroll was I didn't really have a set bankroll, but I, it was uh, you know in the two hundred to four hundred dollar range and. When I had $2,000 online or $2,000 in my bankroll, I felt like I was rich. I felt like I had really uh, done really well. Um, and then when I, you know, obviously won my seat to the main event, 
I was working on fumes. I had about eight thousand dollars in credit card debt. Uh, you weren't going to so even play it, right? Series. You you were going to take the ten thousand. You weren't going to play. Is that true? At first, if I could have, yeah, I, there wasn't mm-hmm. an option back then. Thank goodness. Oh, okay. Um, okay. If I could have taken the money instead of the seat, I never would have played the event. Yeah. Um, and good. I actually tried to get fourth place, which was eight thousand in cash, but my friend talked me out of it. Um, so I never would have played the World Series of Poker. Um, and after I won the World Series, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I never played any big games. I, I played one night against Nick Binion, um all night, and that was the biggest game I ever played and uh, probably the only time I ever played that big. And uh, everything else has been pretty low-key, and, you know, I play 25-50 every now and then, but for the most part it's it's been – Two five five ten and ten twenty five. Yeah, and you know, I tell people all the time, you know, we're playing when you play the two five five ten ten twenty fives. You're playing against people playing for a living. They're not. They're, the games are not easy. You know, you're playing bigger games. You play against a lot of rich people that don't care if they win or lose. But you're also going to swing a lot. Um, so whenever you see me or you hear about me playing in a big game, um, I never have. Uh, I usually have anywhere. But, between 30% to 50%, but most of the time between around 25, if it's real big, it's, if it's a game, you can lose 50,000. And I, I don't ever want to lose more than 20. So I, I put myself in positions where now that I never did before. And the old me was just like, all right, I'll take a 20,000 shot of my own money. And uh, if I would have done that the last six months, I would have another 500,000, but I gave a, and I pieced myself out a lot of it. And I've had a good year, but I, I don't I don't harp on it because I I've learned money management and I know that all the people that I owe, which isn't that many, will get paid. But the bottom line is, is I won't go. I don't want. I can't put myself in a position where I have to worry about where I can getting my bills paid or or where I eat my food at and ever again. It was the worst feeling that ever happened to me, and um, you know, lucky for me, I I learned from it. That's the biggest thing is learning from it. I mean, I've I just always owned a, everything I've ever done has been 100% of myself. I've never really sold any pieces other than on State Kings for a little bit of a sweat every, every once in a while. But uh, the majority of the stuff, that's why I play smaller games is because I just like making uh, decisions with my own money. I just I, I feel bad if I lose someone else's money. So Yeah, I, uh, generally and, that, and there's two ways to look at it. When I play, when I play at somebody else's money, it makes me play three times better because I do, I hate to lose somebody else's money. That's why I've only lost for one person that ever staked me. And that one person I lost for was the year that I was sick and didn't know I was sick. All I kept saying is, uh, like he put up a hundred at the world series and I put up 50, which is, uh, I put up a third and he gave me a 17% free roll. And I went over 15 at the world series. And that's never happened in my life. I I've only had, two losing world series in my life. That was one of them. But the worst part was, is I kept telling everybody is there's something neurologically wrong with me. Like, what do you mean? I go, I don't know, but hands are supposed to be raising. I'm folding. Hands are supposed to be falling. I'm raised, folding. I'm raising. It's like my brain wasn't working right. And, and, uh, I was limping. I, my, my feet were all swollen and, and then it ends up, I was right. That there was a disc going, almost had my whole spinal cord severed. And so it was something neurologically wrong with me. And, uh, uh, so I've told that person many a times that, uh, I want to get him that money back and I will, 
you know, but other than that, uh, you know, I, I've done well when I've took people. There has always and, been something wrong with your brain, Mikey. I know. Fuck off computer. So, uh, of course the there's something wrong. The computer with my brain. is correct. Everybody knows there's something wrong with my brain, but listen, one thing, uh, I know, you know, Chris in the poker world, you have to be a little bit fucking off to be successful. And that's like that in anything. If you look at the top musicians, top actors, top poker players, they're not the Brady bunch. Okay. They're meant they're, they're fucked up. You have to be a little bit off to be successful in a, in, in a, in whatever you're in. At least that's the way I look at it. Yeah. I've, right, I've been telling people that for 15 years, you got to have a, a messed up mind to do what we do. Yeah. So, um, anyways, and that's uh, why you see so many, so many problems, but, you know, um, they, they, they let your ass in the hall of fame in front of me. Uh, what's your, what's your, uh, what's, how's it feel to be in the hall of fame? You know, honestly, Mike, I hate it because I know you want to be in it. I know it's something that, that you want and I could yeah. truly care less. And that's what, you know, kind of sucks. I mean, I don't even know where the hall of fame is. I don't know anything about it. Couldn't yeah. tell you anybody else that's in it. Um, I know I'm supposed to say I'm grateful and it's awesome and yada, yada, but, yeah. um, just, I mean, pretty perfectly honest. I, I, I didn't ever really care. I didn't, you know, people would always ask me, do you want, you know, what are you going to start lobbying? Are you going to try to get in? And, yeah. um, I just honestly never cared. I, I knew that, you know, you were wanting to get in and, um, you know, I hope, I hope you get in, but, uh, yeah. the, re- me, the main reason why you know, I want to get I, in, I know for, go ahead. Go what's ahead. that? Sorry. I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it does stink because, you know, the fact that I don't care and you do, um, mm. I hate that I got in before you, but, mm. um, you know, well, you know, I'm, it's I'm, not that I'm I'm sure I care to be so much to be in. It's the fact that my dad is 89. Um, he was in the hospital for four months. He was under really bad health and now he is doing better. You know, we, I can't, we can't have anybody going and visit him right now because what's with the virus and stuff going on. Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, I'll be, I know I'll be in and I know Matt Savage will be in. And like Matt told me, he was, you know, there's a couple of people that didn't vote for him and he said, he'll never forget them because of the fact he wanted to get in before his father passed away and then his father passed away and wasn't around out. And so I'm kind of in the same boat. I know my dad is 89. I want to get in only because for him, you know, why he's still alive. Other than that, honestly, Chris, if it wasn't for him, I could care less if I ever got in. You know, I say that and Helmy says, you're such a liar. I'm like, it's, you know, we, we, we do things for our parents. All, you know, I don't care what anyone says, all my success, all the tournaments I won, whenever I've won them, I've always thought about my parents and, um, you know, that's just something with me. And, uh, so that's where it's the most important to me is, is, uh, is hopefully, uh, I get him while my father's still alive. If I don't, I'll never, ever forgive the World Series of Poker for it. That's all. But you're a very deserving candidate. Well, I, I, think, I, I think I get a vote now, so I'm sure I'll put my vote to good use. Um, yeah. It won't be Matt Savage. Yeah. Well, if you could throw me some votes, I appreciate it. Um, and you're very, yep, very yep, deserving. Yep. Um, you've done a lot for poker, uh, not just winning the main event. Uh, outside of that, you've been a great ambassador for poker. Um, and I know that I know what a good person you are. I know how much you care. And, uh, to me, that means a lot. So, uh, you know, for anybody out there that ever asked me about Chris Moneymaker, 
I always said nothing but great things because I know how much you care about, about poker. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of people, they make their money, whatever, and they don't actually care about poker. They just care about winning the money. You know, people like, uh, what was that game? McKinnon and whatever that guy's name that won the World Series four years ago that everybody hates because he won't, he doesn't care about poker. He just wants the money, tells everybody to go fuck off for an autograph, uh, the kid from Philly, but whatever. You know, you've been a great ambassador. You care about he poker. He was my coach for a while. Poker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him. He's been nice to me, but everybody seems to hate him because of his his attitude. But, you know, uh, listen, you know, uh, that's his own prerogative. Well, it's you funny, know, you know, because I, I do a lot of appearances. I do a lot of things. And he was like, you know, I, I want to get some of those appearances. Like, man, we got to be nice to people. He said, I'm always nice to people on the table. I said, you got to be nice to people off the table. He's like, well, oh my God. Like, he's so nice to people terrible. That don't people deserve my time. I'm like, well, there you, that's why you don't get appearances. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I've heard people that are friends with him say he's a really nice guy, you know, but he's got, you know, a lot of these people that, that have been successful in poker, you know, they, they were, they, they were, they didn't have the greatest social uh, growing up. And then they learned playing online poker because they didn't have very good social skills. And, um, and then it comes about to bite them when, uh, you know, they want to be, get appearances and stuff. So, uh, Listen, the thing that's important. The one thing I'll say about Joe is Joe owns it. He knows that he knows who he is, and I mean, right. he doesn't shy away from the fact that he kind of want wants to be left alone and left to his own devices. I mean, he's not so someone that fake is fake. Yeah. I mean, he's going to tell you straight up who, who exactly. No, excuse no, me, that's he great. Is. You know, that's great. You know, but like you said, you can't get appearances if you if you don't if you treat people <laughs> if you don't treat people with respect. You know, I, like I said, he's been nothing but nice to me, but I've heard a lot of horror stories from different people. So, uh, I can only say how he's treated me. So I have nothing else, you know, nothing else to say, you know, with that. Yeah. Again, uh, he's treated me just perfectly fine. But I mean, again, he treats everybody a little bit different and that's it. You know, again, that's his prerogative. Like I said, he's a, he's a real person. He's not going to, and the one, the one good thing about him is you're going to know where you stand with him. Yeah. And like, uh, and there's something to be said for that. Uh, the kid, Joe, uh, I think it's Joe. What's the kid that won his fourth bracelet? The guy that finished fifth two years ago, then Joe went Kata. out and won the Kata. Okay. Now when Joe look, uh, Kata won, uh, won the world series that year, I said, I called him a fucking complete idiot. I said, you were the worst player at the table and you didn't deserve to win. You know, I told him like, you know me, I tell it like it is. Right. And he didn't like the fact that I called him out on it. Right. But now I walked up to him and I said, you know what? I respect you. I think you were the best player at the table. I thought you you got really unlucky. And for you to go back and win that turbo right after finishing fifth shows how much character you have. And I have utmost respect for your poker game. And he was very appreciative, you know. So, you know, it's like uh, he was young. He was 21. And he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't like the fact that he won and he was getting so much shit from everybody, you know. But the bottom line is, is I'm going to, I'm not going to let call. I'm going to call it out. You know, if you, if I think you're a great player, I truly believe Joe Cotter might be the best no limit tournament player in the world. Okay. His results show it. I watch him. He knows how to switch gears. He knows how to go into tight mode. He takes what the table gives him. He has become a complete player and I give props where props are due. And to see somebody go from where he was when he won the main event to where he is now, Hey, man, you gotta, you just, you tell it like it is. And, and my hands off to him, you know, and he's a good guy. 
you know? So I respect that. So, well, Chris, uh, anything else you want to, uh, you want to plug here on the show? No, I think we've, we've covered enough for the last uh, hour or two. Okay. Well, everybody, um, good talking to you. I, I appreciate you, uh, being on the show, Chris, uh, stay safe, keep your family safe and hopefully all this shit will pass and, uh, things will get back to normal one day. Okay. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yep. Talk to you soon, bud. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. The mouthpiece. Well, that was another great session of the mouthpiece. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back on next week. Uh, I'm going to try and get Huck seat on the, on the, uh, on the show and everybody else social distance, stay home. We'll all get through this together. I love you all. Take care. The mouthpiece.